All right, why don't we pray? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we praise you, we thank you this Easter week, um, just for all that you've done for us. We remember, um, well, for many of us, different lives that we had until you, like, touched our life and changed it, and we just thank you for that. For those who've been, like, holy from birth, Lord, we thank you just for saving them earlier than the, you saved the rest of us. And um, we just are, are just, we're just super thankful. And Lord, we pray just for your grace, your outpouring of your spirit upon us, uh, that we can just kind of be encouraged tonight, uh, that we can hear your word, that we can follow more closely after you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right. The last time we talked about... Um, moving from being a, a, a recipient of God's grace to it being a participant in His work. This is what we're... Needs to go up closer. Is that better? I am literally touching the microphone with my lips. That is sort of gross. I hope no one else has been sick because if they have, it's coming my way. What? I don't have to touch it? Okay. I'm not touching it right here. What's that? Okay. Thank you, Kara. I can't do it. I can't do it. I got my lips on the mic. Um, happy Easter, everybody. Uh, like I was saying last time, we talked about discipleship moving from being just a recipient to being a participant in God's, God's work. <laughs> God has made you a recipient of His grace in order for you to become His missionary disciple. All of us. You guys are positioned perfectly where the Lord wants you to be, to be influencers in your work, in your neighborhood, among your friends, among your family. This is, this is your role. All of us, like, being a missionary is not like the elite level squad. It's the, we're all, that's all of us. We're all called to be missionaries. I know, you, we heard this, I mean, I know, we've been talking about it. Tonight, though, I want to talk, well, I'm, I'm just going to talk briefly for like 15 or 20 minutes. I, Matt, seriously, the Detroit guy in the crowd. Time it, Matt, time it. You're probably right. And then we're going to break in, have a discussion. Tonight, I want to talk about your walk with God is a community project. <laughs> you get it? Okay. And then you, if you haven't, you should have on your phone, if you want, the actual outline with discussion questions. Okay? So, um, when you read the Bible especially the New Testament. Has anybody seen the movie Paul the Apostle? 
Yeah, that's pretty good, huh? And you get a real good feel of the church in Rome, but how they knew everybody, and they were, they were a community. They knew Paul. They knew everybody. It was cool. It's a good movie. Um, but when you read the New Testament, Acts of the Apostles and other places, um, you just don't get the impression that Christianity is an isolated, individualistic, me and Jesus religion. Instead, in fact, when you, if you read the New Testament, you're hit with how deeply relational Christianity is. Everyone's walk with God is a community project. So just like turn around and look at the people around you. Just turn your head, look around. These people are responsible to help you in your walk with God, and you're responsible to help them in their walk with God. I know this is like, it feels deeply anti-American at a certain level, doesn't it? But it, it, it isn't, you know. We actually believe in the common good. Uh, but we're responsible for one another. We're responsible for one another. In order for me to be what God wants me to be, in order for me to do what God wants me to do, I need people in my life. I need people, I need ministry, I need people to minister to me. Um, in fact, I think you could say this, that everybody who's called to ministry with others needs ministry from others. Everybody who's called to ministry with others needs ministry from others. Catholicism is not a religion of the haves and the have-nots, and those who have the grace are to minister to these poor creatures who just haven't got it. We all need to be ministered to. Everyone. Everyone is called to ministry, and every one of us stands in need of ministry in the ministry of grace from God. This is great. Okay, keep it up. Keep it up. Doing that. Hebrews uh, 3, 12 and 13. Matt, are you, t are you timing me? Seriously. Oh, shoot. Okay. Because I think I'm going to hit it. I'm feeling good right now. Okay, here we go. Hebrews. This is from the Amplified Bible. I don't know what that is, but it, that's the name of it. It's called the Amplified. They have these one thing called the message, you know, and then they got, the, they got these, like, but this is the Amplified. It says, take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be any one of you, in any one of you, a sinful, unbelieving heart, which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God. Let me read that again. Take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be any one of you of a sinful, unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, 
a heart that turns away from the living God, but continually encourage one another every day as long as it's called today and there is an opportunity so that none of you will be hardened into settled rebellion (laughs) by the deceitfulness of sin, its cleverness, delusive glamour, and sophistication. (laughs) It's a great, it's actually a great scripture. That's Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. That's the amplified translation, which really gets it, tries to explain what it's saying. It's kind of cool. So this, this point, it's, it's written, first of all, to Christians. When it says, brothers and sisters, it means those who belong to the community of faith. So it's written to, to, to folks like us. And in this, there's two things. There's two parts. There's a warning, and then there's a call. And the warning is this. There's this progression from sinful unbelieving to this turned away, hardened heart, right? Sinful means, brothers and sisters, that there is somewhere in my life that I give my life to subtle patterns of sin, things that are wrong, right? Ways of thinking, ways of behaving, and I find myself doing things that are, that are wrong. Um, and when this happens to us, does anybody find themselves in that position? I, I, I do. If you don't have kids yet, you'll like find yourself doing it all the time after you have kids, right? It's like you thought you were such a good person. And then you started having little people around and you realized, no, I'm not. Maybe you don't think you're a good person. It'll just be fuller in, its, in the light, you know? And when you find yourself in that position, when you are doing things that are wrong, probably just in little ways to begin with, um, when that happens for those of us who are in Christ, um, your conscience is going to bother you. And when that happens, you have one of a couple options. The first option is you turn back to the Lord, you repent, you seek and ask for forgiveness from him and if from somebody else that you've wronged. That's one way. But there's another way that happens more often than I think we like to admit which is we begin to erect a wall, right? And we have a system of self-justification which makes you feel like the wrong that you do, it eases it so it feels a little bit more okay to you and your conscience is able to deal with that a little better. We tell ourselves basically the wrong that I'm doing is not really wrong. So you're shouting in anger, maybe this doesn't apply to you, you know what I mean? But there's somebody else, you know, that's responsible for the anger, so it's not really your fault that you're shouting. Or you look at somebody, you know, there's a girl that passes by, like in the store, 
and it's not really, you know, it's not really lust. You're just admiring the beauty of creation. Praise the Lord, right? Or you're gossiping about somebody, but you're not really gossiping. Really what you're doing is it's just a long prayer intention for that in person, for that person. So let's, let's pray, you know, for them right now. Okay. <laughs> and all these things, you know, all these things basically are a way of working to make myself feel better about something that I've been doing that's wrong. So we have a couple options, but so you see here, it goes from sin to almost unbelieving in our hearts. And you're feeling good about things that you really shouldn't be feeling good about. Um, and then, then there's this turning away, like in the amplified version, what did it say? Um, that turns away, a heart that turns away from the living God. And when we do this, we're turning away from truth, right? We're turning away from the Word of God. We're turning away from the, the teaching of Jesus in Scripture. We're turning away from the teaching of the church. We're turning away from the commandments. And then when that happens, then you can get hardened. And this is, this all, all of this, so, this, this, so you go from sinful to unbelieving to turning away to hardened heart. And this is the warning. It says, Take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be in any one of you a sinful, unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God. Be alert. None of us want to have that, but all of us have the capacity for doing that, and we find ourselves doing that more than we'd like to admit. Like I said, it starts, I think, in subtle ways. But then there's this call in the second part. And what is the call? The call is great. The call is, but continually encourage one another every day. <laughs> so here's the call. To continually encourage one another every day, lest any one of us become hardened in this state where we're turned away from the Lord. Here's the deal. No one swindles me more than me. <laughs> I, I need people who can interrupt this conversation in my head and begin to speak truth into my life. Listen, you guys know this. Deceit, sin is deceitful. And guess who's the first person that it deceives? You. Right? But God has designed here a system of constant community, constant intervention, constant interruption, constant help. It's this, encourage one another daily. <laughs> That's how we interrupt this. Isn't that great? Well, to be encouraged daily, 
guess what? You have to have other people in your life. And you have to be involved in other people's life to do that. It's awfully hard to be encouraged when you're only by yourself. Encourage one another daily. What am I encouraging people with? Well, the truth of the gospel, that the Lord has come to save us, that this sinful condition isn't where you are meant to be or where you're going. This is, you know, this is just a period of time. We're encouraging people in their potential. We have to see in each other what, what their potential is. And you guys' potential is high. It's big. We encourage one another in our identity, that you're a child of God. You are a son of God. You're a daughter of God. This is, your, this is who you are. I call Nick Red the other day, and you've changed your voicemail, but there's still the thing to, to, that he asked. Uh, you can go ahead and leave an encouragement, you know, as a message. I think we should all change our voicemails to that. And we should call each other or regularly and just send encouragements. If you're getting angry today, don't worry, that's not you. Start over. You can do it. I need that. I need people in my life, and I need them in my life all the time. I need ministry in my life all the time. (laughs) Um, Because I don't always know myself accurately. I don't always see myself with accuracy. I don't always say the right things to myself. Sometimes I can say things in order to make myself feel better about my sins. Sometimes I say things to myself that makes me feel much worse about myself than I really am. Neither one of those is good. And I need other people in my life to say things to me. Here's the deal. I need help. I need real help. I have real people in my life. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a group with guys, uh, Steve and Michael, Nick, Hardesty, and Matt Coots. You know, these guys speaking into my life. Um, I've personally known the Lord for many, many years. Why, why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jen's like it hasn't helped. <laughs> That's what you're thinking, huh? <laughs> no. Okay, good. See, I need I need right things in my head. Um, I've been involved in church ministry for a lot of those years, over twenty years of my life. Um. But I still need ministry from others in my life. I really do. Um, We've had, I mean, this past year has been a struggle for us financially, um, relationally. I mean, financially just creates a whole lot of issues. And, And just having brothers in my life that we can speak into it that have actually helped walk a walk with me. They've gone up to Minnesota with me to help walk this walk has been a huge, huge blessing that I, to be honest with you, I couldn't have done alone. I couldn't have done alone. 
um, um, without the help of other people in my life, I don't know that I would still be doing this work in the church. I don't know that. That's why you see, guys, in God's church, as we see in Hebrews 3, God's created what <clears throat> what I'm going to call the total involvement paradigm, <laughs> which means basically, <laughs> this is going to overwhelm some people, all of God's people involved with all of God's people all the time. That's the system. Continually encourage each other daily. So it's all of us committed to a life of ministering to other people. All of us. All the time. Because somehow, some way, someone needs that in their life. We need one another. Yet we have a little, a little boy who's who's angry and has lost his way right a teenager who's got overly involved in the world and has lost their way you know a wife who's dealing with discouragement and for a moment has lost their way or Uh, a man who has got so aggressive in pursuit of his career that for a while he's lost his way, or a sick person who's lost his way for a while. You know? Or a young man who's trying to find a job and career and is dealing with a certain hopelessness and despair and has lost their way for a moment. We... These are, these are like real things that we deal with in our life. And we need real encouragement from one another. Each of those people needs someone in their life who's going to speak truth to them and who's going to minister to them in their struggle. You're going to be that for somebody and somebody needs to help be that for you. Total involvement. Here's what this means. We, what this means is we need to be committed to one another in more than a casual, hi, how are you sort of way. Max, I'm rat you out, but you had, Max sat down with our group in February. He sat down with me and then he sat down with the group and he said, this isn't enough to our men's group. We need, we need more. We need to connect more than we're connecting. I don't want to just have a periphery sort of relationship with you. Didn't you say that, Max? I mean, it wasn't exactly those, but that was the essence of it. And he moved us, and I, I think is moving us on this trajectory in our, with, our, with these young guys, which is great. But we need to be committed to one another in more than just a casual, hi, how are you sort of relationship with one another. We can't be satisfied with that. We need to be committed to knowledgeable relationships with each other. Here's the truth. You can never minister to that that you don't know. 
You can't help a brother or a sister with a struggle that you don't know about. (laughs) That you don't know about. And to the degree that I am nominally committed or I am content with not knowing people, uh, to have casual relationships with people, to know things about them without really knowing them, to that extent, to that degree, I'm unable to minister to them in their need. So are you committed to knowledgeable ministry relationships with one another? And I don't mean that we all have to know each other at that level. There's too many of us here. But all of us have a small group. And at least the small group should know the general avenue of how your life is going, and you should know about how their life is going. You know, maybe there's some others beyond that. But these, are we committed to having novel, knowledgeable ministry relationships with others? We should be. I'll tell you, we should be. Because those things are graced relationships. There is grace there for you. And you have grace that God is going to use you for in other people's lives. These aren't, I mean, this is a big deal. It's what makes community, community. Christianity, you're you're called to have those relationships in your life, and you're called to minister to others in their life in those types of relationships. It's not just about getting, but it's about giving. Christianity's never been an isolated project that's basically done alone. It's really true that in God's plan, every one of our walks with God is a community project. Amen. Okay. Does everybody have... No, I mean... We're going to just break up into groups here of, you know, three or four people. And there's a set of discussion questions on your phone. If, does, do people have those? That if you break into group, you could actually, at the very bottom of the outline is like three questions. And that, the, the questions are this. <clears throat> how, how are you committed to knowledgeable ministry relationships, ministering relationships? How are you encouraging others in their walk in their walks with Christ? And how are, how are you allowing others to speak into your life and help you grow in your faith? What time is it? All right, well, we'll just break into a group for about 15 or 20 minutes, okay? Right now, so gather around three or four people and we'll share. Should be highlighted. Maybe that's too intense. Say it again. Vulnerability being really important in terms of knowing each other. What's, what is it? Intentional, knowledgeable, really something like that. Anyway, being vulnerable, being really important to that, but then yeah, um, that being really challenging to actually let people see you. And that it's an encouragement, yes. That like when somebody is vulnerable, it's encouraging to other people to 
live their life more for the Lord and be vulnerable. And, you know, like it's a good circle, but it's just a sometimes hard thing to do, actually. So, Praise the Lord. Well, thank you guys for being here. We're going to pray here momentarily. They're supposed to come down at 630. So as soon as they come down, we'll pray. But since they're not down, if you guys want to grab a drink and then